Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Call to Action podcast. Today is Thursday, June 18th, and this one is a show that we've had on the books for quite some time, and I'm really excited about uh, eight years ago, we had a very special moment in Mac history, in Mac baseball history, in Kent State history, and it was the Kent State Golden Flashes making it to Omaha, making it to the College World Series, and we have uh, three former Kent State student-athletes with us today, Alex Miklos, David Lyon, TJ Sutton. Guys, uh, thanks for joining us today, and David, we'll start with you. Um, you know, tell us what position you played back then, and kind of, uh, you know, being on the call today, your, your first kind of memory, and, and kind of introduce and bring us up to speed on what you're doing right now. Um, well, I just want to thank you two, Jeremy and Eric, for having us on. But I was a senior at Kent State in 2012. I was a catcher. And after the World Series, I was fortunate enough to play professional baseball with the Texas Rangers for six years. Um, I was released in 2018 because uh, I essentially wasn't good enough and too old at the time. The nature of baseball. But I'm okay with it. I had a great run. And I'm currently living in Pittsburgh, working in corporate finance downtown with UPMC. Um, and, you know, one of my fondest memories, I guess, is just, just recently I was able to coach with Alex Mick last year with um, Quaker Valley in Pittsburgh, and I didn't realize how much of an influence I had on him that my, during my senior year, and he brought up uh, a good memory, I guess we'll say, is when he ran into the wall during our regional and I don't remember this, but apparently I went up to him and I was like, hey, are you good to go tomorrow? And he's like, oh, that's when I realized a senior actually liked me and wanted me to play. <laughs> so I'd, that's one of my fondest memories because it just kind of highlights the fact that I didn't really understand that I was being a role model at the time. But once you know, it all comes to fruition, it's kind of cool to reminisce in that. Cool. Let's go. Uh... TJ, we'll go to you next. All right. Just like uh, David said, just want to thank Jeremy and Eric for having us on. It's always fun to be able to talk about 2012. I feel like we've never stopped talking about it, but there's more people listening this time, so it's good to be able to chat about it. Um, I was a sophomore in 2012 as the right fielder. Um, now I'm just working. I didn't get an opportunity to play after college like David did, so now uh, just working and paying bills. So I work in medical sales. Um, Back in North Canton, Ohio, back home, lived in Chicago for a couple of years. Uh, just recently got married a couple of years ago. Um, but now just playing a lot of golf, working, and still talking about 2012, which is great. Um, and I think that just is a, is a credit to what, you know, Kent State really is, what the Kent State baseball program is. Um, we're a real tight-knit group. Uh, we're a family. You know, we're always talking, even if it's – whether it's about 2012, whether it's about, you know, summer ball, whether it's about meeting up to golf together – which me and these two guys have, have been doing all week, which I'm the reason we can't Saturday. So I'm kind of in the doghouse right now, but better to be in the doghouse with them than my wife. But um, uh, my favorite memory about 2012, other than making it to Omaha, was just our path to get there. Um, you look back to the middle of the season or just past the, the halfway point of the season, we were 24 and 17. We were at that time, we were playing okay in the MAC, but we were an average team. Um, and we went on a 21 game win streak, finished 24 and three in the MAC. And just over that period of time, we just all became so close. And I think, like I said, obviously making it to Omaha is why we all still talk about it. And um, it's exciting because it's the furthest the MAC team's ever made it. Um, but how close we got and, and the friendships we built that season are something we'll talk about forever too. So I know it won't be as important in 20 years from now talking about Omaha, but the friendships and the relationships that we forged during that time is something that we'll always talk about and it'll be important to us. Alex? Yeah, thanks. Um, I think I guess I got the obligatory. Yeah, thank you guys for bringing us together again. Um, as TJ said, you know, it's always fun to talk about 2012. I feel like at this point with how much we've talked about it amongst ourselves, it's going to hopefully the, the stories kind of just start come flowing off like they naturally do. Um, but in 2012, I was a freshman, as David alluded to. Um, interesting thing about being a freshman, you know, you kind of come into a program um, you're just trying to establish yourself, making sure you're doing the right things, making good impressions. 
Um, you know, I got the opportunity to start starting as a freshman about halfway through the season. Um, and at that point, you know, I was just kind of along for the ride, trying to make the most of it. And, you know, it's, it's something where, you know, we got hot and we got, you know, we kept playing and we kept winning uh, and making it to Omaha. It's like, I look back on it now and it's almost just like a, it's almost like a dream um, where sometimes it's hard to believe like, oh yeah, that happened to me. I was on that ride because being a freshman, it's kind of like I hadn't been through the trenches before. You know, you don't necessarily realize what it really takes to get there and how many things have to go right um, and how many people have to do their job and execute uh, to, to truly make it happen. So I was just kind of along for the ride, playing baseball, having fun with my buddies. Um, and, you know, as the career continued throughout college, uh, you, you kind of come to realize, like, how difficult it really is with, with the quality of teams that we had after that. Um, and you just see how hard it is to really win those big games. So um, it was a wild ride. It was a fun ride. Um, since I finished playing, I had an injury kind of in my career. Uh, but I finished uh, – stayed for a fifth year at Kent, got my, uh, my master's degree, also went into medical device sales. Um, for a few years and then um, I was coaching that high school team with uh, with DL over there and uh, you know it was, it was something I always wanted to do it was a passion of mine and uh, I, I took I took the leap of faith back into baseball I'm actually coaching baseball again um, currently on staff with the St. Cloud Rocks in the Northwoods League and uh, the South Dakota State Jackrabbits uh, but that's kind of what I've been doing uh, since I finished playing a few years ago um, but yeah, I guess I guess my favorite story since everyone kind of mentioned their favorite story or fondest memory from that run, and you know it's tough to kind of narrow in on one because it was so much fun and so many big things and big moments that happened throughout that run. But uh, the thing I think that sticks out the most to me and David and I had the opportunity to go down to to Georgia last year actually and kind of hang out with our coaches Strick and Daly um, from 2012. Uh, we went down and caught a Georgia game, and uh, we went over to Strick's and we were you know hanging out having a few beers and. The thing that we talked about and, and the big, you know, it wasn't on the field. It was before game three at Oregon. It was one of the biggest games of all of our lives. You know, you'd expect us kind of the uptight and nervous and, you know, the national television and elimination game to go to Omaha at PK Park in Oregon. Um, and, you know, 30 minutes the first pitch, and we've got two jokesters in the dugout, um, Dan Slavic and um, Jason Bagoli are going in there doing impersonations and just joking around and keeping everyone loose. Um, and we're down there, we're loose and we're having fun. I'm convinced that's why we won that game was simply just because we had, you know, it wasn't just, you know, this guy playing this position, this guy playing that position. It was, it was our bench. It was our coaches. It was, you know, it was everyone together. Like they talked about really coming together and everyone had a role. And um, I hope everyone knows from that team that that's why we're so close that everyone had their role and kind of what made it so special. So, yeah. That's awesome. I mean, I think we need to hear from one other person about uh, kind of that year. And I um, think we need to hear from this guy. What's going on? Can you hear me? Coach Berkey. Look at this crew I assembled. No, I don't want to. No? Look at these <laughs> guys. Had a little surprise for you guys. Uh, Coach Birkbeck on here. Um, wanted to bring him on as well. He didn't know you guys were going to be all on here at all. I told him we were going to talk College World Series. And uh, Coach, have TJ and Alex and David on here to kind of relive eight years ago. Um, we're all kind of, uh, you know, fiending for baseball and uh, fiending for college baseball and everything and these guys were just talking actually it's perfect that you just called in now because everyone's kind of just updating us on what they're doing now Kurt, obviously you're still with Kent State staff as pitching coach um, but everyone kind of gave their fondest memory right now about that year and what kind of stuck out to them so I'll just leave you right in line after after what they said and Welcome to the call. Welcome to the podcast. And tell us kind of, I mean, Friday is the uh, anniversary of your guys' win against Florida. Um, so welcome, Coach. Bring us up to speed on what's going on. <laughs> Look at these guys down here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it's good to see you guys. Not much going on, Jeremy. Uh, you know, I've, I've gotten really good at putting puzzles together and 
planting flowers and did a little touch up painting around the house. But other than that, not a whole bunch. Yeah. And and go go back, take me back to 2012 and this week and that run and just overall kind of what stuck out to you. Not We'll get to a specific story uh, soon, but just from your mind, just that overall run and, and, and making it um, in, your, in your eyes. Well, man, I'll tell you what, and it's interesting because I think those guys got a link last night from the, uh, the Arkansas game. Then I got one dialed up for tomorrow for the Florida game. But what really stood out to me in the, in the run was just the heart, passion, and energy these guys played with. I mean, you think about that first game in the regional against Kentucky and, and just how the madness that was going on in that thing and the duration and just how physically taxing it had to be for those guys both, you know, and mentally taxing. But they were just warriors, man. And I think the run we made in 2011 just fueled their fire and their desire. And, and uh, you know, they just never – back down at all and that ran all the way through the the rest of that regional and then we get out to Oregon and you talk about a, a really neat place to play but a hostile environment right Alex <laughs> you, had yeah, to stand you, can, uh, you can say that again you can say that again they probably still have the pad on my sister <laughs> man and the and the do those uh just those miraculous things from Evan Campbell's catch that saved game one to Jimmy Ryder hitting that, that laser in the ninth down the third base line. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, uh, it was just their, the way they went about their business. It was it just made us the coaching staff and the entire, you know, Kent State Golden Flash Nation family just so proud of them. That's great. Well, that's awesome, guys. And I want to, welcome you all and thanks for coming on with us i want to direct this kind of at david since you were a senior and you can start it what was it like you know even just making it to that super regional and, and knowing you had to go up against oregon what was the team's kind of mindset going into that series i think once that turning point we had a bit of very significant but personal turning point during the middle of the season that i don't really need to go into but the team really came together and once that clicked, once that that mat, that metaphorical match was lit, we knew that we had something special and we had the potential to make it the whole way. We just had to believe. And I think it stemmed from the previous two years that my class had gone through where we went to Arizona State. We ended up winning a game in a regional. We're like, oh, well, we expected to come here and just two and barbecue, see it, but we actually won a game. So we go, oh, that's, that, we got a taste. The next year we went to Texas and we beat the big dogs at, at their stadium, ended up falling apart when they took two away from us at the end, but we were knocking on the door and then kind of set us up for our senior year. We're like, Hey, we've been here. We know what this is like. We can take that next step. And I want to direct a question to Berkey. After we won that Gary regional, there were just the two of us in the dugout in Gary do you remember what you said to me when it was just the two of us packing my bag and you were up on your little perch? Do you remember what you said to me when we were going to Oregon? I do not. You looked me square in the eyes and you said, hey, you know we're probably going to go to Oregon. We're probably going to beat them, right? <laughs> I, I thought about it. I was like, no, yeah, we, we have a good chance. And you're like, no, like, probably going to go and beat them. And then it, it kind of set in and I was like, oh my goodness gracious, we, we have a very good chance to go to Omaha. Like, this is unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. And it played out in that way. Obviously, we were very fortunate. We had a few bounces go our way, different calls go our way. But one way or another, we ended up going there. We were one of those eight teams in, in Omaha. I, I'll tell you guys, and I think I've gone on record, and I meant it eight years ago. I meant it – I mean it today – uh, I've, I've been in the conference office 17 years that, that trip to Oregon and then trip to Omaha, best, best thing I've ever done in this office. It still is. I remember David, I remember getting a picture. I still have it in my office that all you guys had like some hologram picture. I still have that. I still have college world series plaque. I mean, first of all, Omaha is 
amazing. Um, and that experience was just tremendous. And anyone listening to this, if you ever have the chance, uh, slightest chance to go to Omaha to check out the College World Series, do it. It's even if your team's not there, it's quite an experience. Uh, very cool. I've been to March Madness. I've been to Final Four. I, I've done all this. Um, College World Series, legit and really <laughs> special. And it and it's even cooler when you have a team in there that you're really pulling for. Um, but it, it still goes down as the greatest moment that I've witnessed and that I've been a part of. That Oregon game, huh. I mean, I'll direct this to TJ. We'll start directing questions since we have so many people on, but we're going to get you guys to try and start interacting and talk and get some stories going too. But TJ, tell – did you guys go right from Oregon to Omaha? Yes, we did. Okay. So we were take the first – Take us on that trip. Okay, yeah. So we were the first team to get there. Um and I don't really remember the trip getting there. I know we had an extra night in the hotel at Oregon, which we all had some, we had a good time together. I mean, we were just looking back on what just happened and we were trying to do the best we could in that series of living in the moment because we got game one. All we got to do is win one or two. We had a lot of chances to win game two, but lost a tough one. Um, and then we, we, we take it home in game three, like Coach Berkey said on Jimmy's line, shot to left field. There's no way that ball doesn't get down. And Derek doesn't score on that one. Um, but we had a good time that night. We all hung out and we all kind of reflected on, you know, we're really going to Omaha, that place that we always watched Augie Garrido and his teams and Cal State Fullerton and teams that are nowhere near Kent, Ohio, go to Omaha and we were going to go there. And a lot of us really didn't know that it was a downtown city until we got there. But to go back to where I started, when we flew in, we got into the terminal to get our bags. And there were, I'd say, I don't know if it was 100, 150, but there were news cameras and 150 people just there to watch us come off the plane. And I think that's when it really hit us that we're somewhere we've never been before and never expected to be, but we were really happy to be there. That's great. And Alex, for you, I mean, what does it mean to be a part of that driving to Driving to Omaha as a freshman, for you, what did that mean? Yeah, I mean, so through the recruiting process, um, you know, you get a chance. I was familiar with Kent State and very interested in attending Kent State. And, you know, so after I committed, you know, I got to watch the, uh, the progression of the entire 2011 season um, and got to watch them go to Texas and win that game. I remember watching it. Um, games weren't as easy to watch back then, but I remember watching it on my laptop. Um, texting coach Daly right after the game about a big win and I remember coach Daly texting me back you know after the little bit of craziness I'm sure he had to deal with he said you know this is why you come to Kent State to play in games like this um, and sure enough you know a year later that's you know we're in a similar situation um, but for me you know like I said as a freshman it was kind of a whirlwind it was a, it was a crazy ride um, and after we win the game in Oregon uh, game three in Oregon uh, and we're heading to college uh, to Omaha, you know, obviously you're getting a lot of phone calls, a lot of texts and everything. Um, but one that really stood out was my, uh, my left fielder for my high school team the year before, uh, he texted me, he said, Hey, like, I can't believe, you know, congratulations. Can't believe you guys are going to Omaha. He's like, I actually bought, um, tickets to Omaha for his dad for Christmas. So <laughs> enough, it's my, uh, my left fielder from the, the previous year in high school. He's sitting out in the left field bleachers behind me. Um, <laughs> And I'm playing on national television in Omaha, you know, after I was just playing with him, you know, about or so. So that was kind of just that crazy, you know, it's all that whirlwind kind of packed in there. Um, but I think the biggest thing for me was watching it, them in Texas the year before, uh, seeing how close that they got and being familiar with the program. Um, but like I said, just coming in, following the lead of the seniors and the guys who had been there. Um, and for me, I just felt like I was just, you know, like I said, along for the ride, doing everything I could to try to, try to contribute, um, but it was uh, it was the seniors team, truly. Um, David talked about that, you know, how close we got, and, you know, we had a turning point, and we were playing for each other and um, playing for the program, not playing for ourselves, and that was kind of the special thing. But the, uh, the arriving to Omaha and um, the way we won in Oregon, three one-run games, um, and for me personally, my dad, he's a, he's a school teacher, so he was finishing up school and he wasn't supposed to be able to make it out to Oregon. And he had a, uh, he had a uh, coworker whose son played basketball at that school eight miles down the road um, who told him, he's like, if you, if you can find a way to get out there, you, you can't miss this. You can't miss it. Um, so for me, it was super special. My dad was able to come out there, 
fly out there and he kind of surprised me. I didn't know he was going to be there until he called me when he was in Oregon. And, um, you know, I know there's some pictures of our guys, especially one that sticks out in my mind is TJ going up in the stands and hugging his dad after game three. Um, and I was standing there right next to him hugging my dad is one of the most special moments of my life. But uh, I remember my dad telling me too, he's like, that's the first time he's ever truly said, I, I need a beer. Uh, <laughs> and, and coach, I know, I know it's probably, you know, the company line is business as usual. And look, you're, it's no secret. You're, you're a laid back guy. Coach Strick was not a laid back guy. Uh, I think you can all agree on that. Oh. What are you, what are you talking about? Jeremy? <laughs> he, he, he had a serious uh, edge to him and still probably does. Um, but coach, after winning that game in Oregon and you guys, I mean, tell it, take me behind closed doors and a story maybe about you guys had to have celebrated. I know you're going to Omaha, but you just did the unthinkable. And if you spent another night there, just, just kind of what the coaches were talking about. Take us, take us into that and just like the feeling that you guys had. <laughs> well, it started out like this. Can you believe this? Beep. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, he, I'll tell you something about Coach Strick, and I remember it like it was yesterday. In the press conference when he was announced as the head coach at Kent State University, he started talking about Omaha. That was – it was like a mission for him. And I think the fact that he was an alum of that university and, and had so much pride and respect in that program that uh, I've never been, you know – he was just a tireless worker, and these guys will tell you, he, I think he went that whole year through every round of BP the whole entire year. But, uh, you know, afterwards, we, you know, we celebrated, went to the, uh, there was a restaurant near the hotel there in Oregon, and uh, I remember being there with Joel Nielsen, our director of athletics, still is, and um, talked about the past a little bit, but then we just turned the page and, and started to figure out how we were going to get scouting reports on the teams that uh, were going to be in our bracket in Omaha. And uh, that was just the way it was. It was just preparation, 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 preparation. And, um, and I think it, that, that season, especially that one run, was just kind of evidence of, uh, of being ready for the opportunity that might present itself. And, uh, yeah, we just got back to work, man. Coach, I'm going to kind of throw it right back to you. What do you think – it's kind of a deeper question, but what do you think the – still being there, what do you think the legacy of the 2012 team had a, an effect on future years of the team? Well, I mean, their, their legacy is something that, that we talk about with, with every single team, with every single recruit. Um, and we talk about the passion, the heart, and the energy that these guys played with. Because everybody in that locker room uh, – there's a, guy, there's a guy in there, and there's been a guy in there since TJ left that wore number five, and we remind him of the legacy that number five has left. 37, there's a legacy there. 12, there's a legacy there. Um, and these guys that wore this uniform before you, truly, they probably expect you to make it better than you found, than you found it when you got here. And, uh, I mean, it was – their legacy, I mean, they quite possibly the greatest team that has ever played on that campus. Yeah, no doubt. You know, I, I like kind of, David, what you did before about asking Coach something. I kind of want to leave it open. Uh, if if you guys have one at the top of your head, maybe raise your hand so we don't talk over it. But if you have something to, to re direct to another guy, I'd love to to hear that and kind of bring up some of that stuff. So, David, we'll we'll start with – with him, with David, and then we'll go to you, Coach. I got a question for Sutton. Two-tiered. Two One, when we were in Oregon, game three, I was on deck, and you were in the hole. Now, I'm kind of salty I didn't get to hit because Jimmy you – know, I, I wanted to be the hero, of course. Obviously, you know, we won. It doesn't matter, but I wanted to be the hero. I wanted, I wanted to hit a homer off of Jimmy Scherfee and throw my bat a 1,000 feet. Like, that's what I wanted to do, but didn't work out that way. But one, what was the, what were you thinking standing on the top step next to Strick in the hole? And then two, 
do you have the ball you pocketed after we beat Florida? Because I know you pocketed it. <laughs> we have enough time. I'll answer question two, but let me get through question one first. Um, so when I was sitting on the top step, I was thinking back to one year and a week before that, when I was on deck, when David Lyon was facing Taylor Youngman in Texas. And at that time, Coach Duncan has brought along a little bit different of a swag to Kent uniform wise. And at that point we hadn't made it to Omaha. So our funds were a little different. So we didn't have banana suits then. But <laughs> so if I would, if I would have peed myself, it would have showed in my white pants because I was on deck with the bases loaded against Texas as a freshman, as the smallest DH in the country. And David <laughs> Lyon decided to hit a grand slam and take that pressure off me. So my fly out to right field to the warning track, almost to the wall, the next at bat did not matter. So I, I knew that I wasn't going to come up if David Lyon was going to get a chance to hit. And then second part of that question for answer number one, I tried to be the first guy out there to greet Derek Toadvine, but Coach Birkbeck pushed me and five other people back and beat us out there to home plate when Derek scored the winning run. And you can watch it on video. He's going like this, going out to home plate, and we're all behind him because he just shoved us back into the dugout and we couldn't get out there quick enough. The, uh, uh, can, I, can I build on that, Jeremy? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. TJ, you're exactly right, and we're going to watch that again tomorrow night. No, but anyway, here's what was behind that because Coach Strick and I were in the dugout in Oregon, which was directly down the left field line, correct? Remember? So we could see that the left fielder had lost the ball. So the whole way that ball's coming down, we're like, we looked at each other, we're going to Omaha. And we had predetermined beforehand, David, like you so aptly mentioned, that we were going to win that series. The goal for us was to not have a pile. We didn't want to have anybody get hurt in a pile. So we did as good a job as we could to keep Derek upright until they smashed us into the, uh, the screen behind home plate, and then I exited out of that thing. But we kept the pile upright. We just didn't want any injuries. Because yeah, you guys have a tendency – Hey, you guys had a tendency at times to have some of the most uh, aerodynamic and acrobatic piles I've ever been a part of. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to jump on this one a little bit too. So as Berkey said, we were on that uh, first base dugout where we could see right down the left field line. Um, so I was playing left field that game. And um, there was some controversy surrounding game three, being that we were the visiting team coming in, but we got the home team for game three because of a coin flip. And because of the, uh, the national coverage, we had to play at a certain time. So I was playing left field all day. So I was dealing with that sun out in left field all day that uh, probably most of the guys on the team weren't aware of. So as soon as Jimmy hit that ball, everyone else is probably watching the ball. And if you look back at the video, I was probably right next to TJ on that top step. But my, my eyes went straight to that left fielder as soon as that ball went in the air. And I knew he had no chance. He did not see it one bit. And if you watch that video, I'm coming, I might be the first guy over the railing, but I start jumping up and down like I'm on a pogo stick all the way to home plate. So that's why everyone's <laughs> there. Oh. Coach Strick also made the mistake of being in the middle of that pile. So when we took the whole team up against the backstop, he caught the brunt of that weight. That was you can see that in the video too, but back to what Alex said about that sky there. So they have a beautiful stadium and they, just like their football stadium, they have an awning in the back. It covers up, you know, the, the club level seating, which no stadium we played on all year had that. Um, but it was, it's cedar. So it's stained wood and the sky there moves really quick as an outfielder. You notice that stuff. I know it doesn't mean much to most people, but the sky moves really quick. So you have to pick the ball up really quick. And when there's an awning like that and fans wearing neon yellow and green, you can't see it. So that kid could not see that ball at all. So it wasn't, he didn't misjudge it. He never saw it. Like he didn't go back or come in. He never saw that ball. And for their shortstop to go try and make that play. I mean, that would have been, we'd still be seeing that replay if he made it, but instead we're seeing the replay the other way of Derek scoring and coach Birkbeck tackling him at home. So we like that. We like that way better. <laughs> I want to say that I try and watch the videos of that jump up and down pile. I don't know what you want to call it, the celebration. And I do remember I didn't go to Toad Vine. I went straight to Jimmy and it was me singularly running out to Jimmy and congratulate him because we were roommates. I didn't know him 
when I first got to Kent State, we were roommates freshman and sophomore year. And it, it was just like a culmination of our four years together. Like, hey, we've made it. We did it. And then we joined our team. But it was just that, I mean, it was a, an instinct. I just went straight to Jimmy. I was like, you did it. Like, we did it. This is great we made it finally. And then we went to our team and you can see my background here with, I'm screwing my head off, but it, I just, I remember going straight to Jimmy and not really thinking about it, just went straight to him. And it was just a culmination of those four years. Like, Hey, we, we finally did it. I mean, you, you guys all weighed in. I, I remember obviously I was covering things from the conference, but being up in that press box and doing what I normally do to promote, I, I couldn't believe it. I still, I still can't. I, I watched the, We put out the clip the other day, and it's like, you could watch that clip over and over. It, it doesn't get. It's one of those things that does not get old. It does not get old. I remember the Cleveland stations calling me because you know they didn't. They didn't go to maybe a couple that went to Oregon, but still people were like, okay, we're gonna wait and see. I remember there was much more media coverage and people coming out to Omaha when you guys made it, but phone calls lined up and the and the and just the excitement back home. Um, and you know Northeast Ohio and in Kent and everything just it was awesome and that's why it stands out so much um, to me and and I just you, you you picture that in your head without the clip it's just one of those moments you you see all these pro moments you see LeBron hitting game winners you see you know there's certain moments in your head that you just relive and uh, that's one that that sticks in my head uh, it's clear and I, I know it does for you guys so it's, it's really cool to hear you guys uh, all talk about that. And um, I, I kind of want to switch since, you know, it is the kind of the anniversary of, of winning a game in Omaha, which is just as special. You, you took out the number one seed. Um, you know, they, they went to and barbecue uh, in Omaha. And, and to get that win, and another thing ingrained in my head is TJ raising his arms up, making that last out for sure in the game. But um, – Maybe maybe we just go around the horn and just the Omaha, the overall Omaha experience for everyone. And not necessarily on the field, but if, again, if you guys trade stories, have things for people, I just want to kind of throw that topic out to you guys and, and what, what Omaha and, and being there and the experience for you guys as student athletes and coaches were, was. So again, we'll, we'll start with David. I would say that, I mean, obviously it was surreal and I do remember not to take a trip down memory lane, but when I was with Team USA for that summer with Coach Strick, our last games were played in TD Ameritrade Stadium. And my mother's side of the family is from Omaha. So that was pretty cool to see them see me in a USA jersey. And like that was cool. And when we were leaving, we were saying bye, and they were like, hey, can't wait to see you next year when your team makes it to Omaha. And this was summer of 2011. I was kind of like, yeah, okay. Yeah, that'll be, that would be great if we make it to Omaha. I was like, sure. Didn't, I didn't have the heart to tell them, like, you know, we're a Mac school that we don't really – we have less than 1% chance a year, a year prior to make Omaha. And then it, to have it come to fruition was very special for me to have – my mom's side of the family there as well as you know, my friends from home came and visited and watched us play in Omaha. And <laughs> I wish I would have soaked in a little bit more because I, I distinctly remember being almost upset after we beat Florida because it was such a nail biter at the end when we should have beat them five to one, five to two. <laughs> and I wish I would have soaked it in a little bit more, but you know, Looking back now, there's nothing nothing compares to it. Uh, Alex, yeah, the whole Omaha experience. I mean, just to try to to try to wrap it all up, and again, you know, as a freshman and kind of not knowing any better, just feeling like, oh wow, like you know, you go to college, you go play in Omaha, like that's what you do, I guess. Um, but again, you know, it was a whirlwind, and it was just cool being able to, you know. Get I look back on it and it's almost like a dream because it, it was there and it was so great and it was so fast and then it was over. Um, but just, you know, getting all of the, uh, you know, you get a lot of attention and everything like that, but uh, getting to go down to, go down to the park, watch the other games, 
Um, they have a whole village kind of set up around the park and to go around that, see a lot of the memorabilia and just the, the excitement and, um, and not just of like the ball players and the teams there, but just the local people from Omaha and the people that travel in um, and just all the excitement that's really wrapped up in this, this huge event for the city and for college baseball and just to see it celebrated in that way is a, it's a really special thing. Um, and from a team perspective, you know, just being able to, you know, they kind of pair you up with a group, with an organization that kind of helps you out there and they set up a dinner force and everything. Um, and just kind of having that local support. And I think my hand cramped up from so many autographs and stuff, just kind of getting, you know, I never thought that there'd be a kid asking for my batting gloves and asking for, uh, that was really special. Just kind of getting to live that, you know, live that dream of, you know, everyone dreams of being in the big leagues. Well, it was basically like getting to be in the big leagues for, or at least what I imagined to be with the big leagues to be like for a week or so. Um, and just really special, you know, from, you know, being accomplished there and beating Florida. Um, and the one thing I definitely don't want to go unsaid, like during this podcast was, I think it's the one time I've had a, uh, a like tears in my eyes on a baseball field, you know, outside of something happening to me, like a career ending or something like that. Um, was the performance Jason Bagoli had uh, with the adversity and the the tragedy that he faced uh, throughout that week. Um, and he went out and had an amazing game against Florida after unfortunately losing his mother. And that was a, that was a thing I think that we, our team was already so close, um, but it, it just brought us even closer. And, you know, we really rallied around Jason in that game. Um, and to see the performance that he had in that game with two big hits, sack button, Jason's a, six foot four 240 pound slugger and he goes out there and just lays down the most perfect sack one you've ever seen um he just did it all right that game it was really special to see so just the whole thing was like a dream and you know I think that's why we like to talk about it so much is because it keeps it fresh and um it helps you kind of get back to that place what Alex was kind of saying, I don't think we've ever brought up 2012 in the College Road Series and had someone across from us that didn't want to talk about it. So we're happy to talk about it anytime. Um, but for me, that, that experience personally was amazing in two aspects, because until Alex mentioned, when I hugged my dad in Oregon when we won before we went, he said, do you remember what you told me? And I said, I tell you a lot of stuff. I don't, I don't know. And he said, you'll, he said, I told him one time when I was a little kid, we were watching the College Road Series on TV. I said, I won't go to Omaha as a viewer. I'll only go there as a player. And that was me as a 10-year-old thinking anyone can make it there. You know, I'm, I'm going to make it there. And I never thought as my career went on, I would ever make it there. But we did. And then, you know, my dad kind of, we embraced. And it was, a, it was an amazing uh, moment. And then five minutes later, I'm back down on the field. And Coach Birkbeck rings three guys together. And one of them's me. One of them's John Birkbeck and one of them's Tommy Monnet, my two high school teammates, guys I'd played with since I was 12 years old um, and known longer than that. I mean, it was really special. I mean, not many guys make it to Omaha, but not many guys make it there with uh, two of their best friends. So it, it was a really special moment and uh, one that I'll always cherish. And um, kind of on a lighter note, uh, we're not the only people that didn't expect us to make it there. And I'll ask Coach Birkbeck this question and let him run with it. But every team, when we got to Omaha, had their own bus. And it was, they were beautiful. They were beautiful charter buses, wood floors, team colors, except ours. Coach Birkbeck, what color was ours? If I remember, it was green and gold. <laughs> it was green and gold. <laughs> I knew somebody would bring that up. Yep. It was green and gold. So yep. a lot of people thought Oregon was going to make it. And there was a lot of Oregon gear at those stores until about day three when the Kent State stuff came in. And it was Kent State stuff I had never seen before. So they made some stuff pretty quick and got it there. But it was pretty surreal to be there. And just the treatment we got. Um, unfortunately, the, the opening ceremony, Jeremy, I know you remember that was a pretty that was something you guys were going to cover really well. Um, you guys had a lot of stuff set up for that. But there was a huge storm that ripped through there. Yeah. It was really hot that week, so we caught a cell of just really bad weather, and we didn't get to see the fireworks show and be at the stadium other than our hour of practice uh, that day, I think. We, we'd only been to the stadium for an hour or two, so, and then to do some of the media stuff for the, for the Jumbotron. But in that, in that meeting after, when Kent State won the GPA award, I think Jason Magoli won that highest GPA, and then we had the highest team GPA. We got to talk to uh, 
Nomar Garcia Parra for a little bit. And he said a lot of the things that David and Alex did was when you have time, get out, walk around the vendor shops, talk to people, let them know your players. Um, but unless we pulled our player passes out of our pocket and showed them, no one really believed we were players <laughs> because we're just normal, you know, Midwestern Kent State guys, you know, size wise below average. But we proved it when we had a chance to get on the field that we belong there. Um, <laughs> But it was really tough. I mean, it's 100 degrees. You can't just walk around all day and go to the vendors and hang out when you got to prepare to play a game. But I think we got the most out of it that we could. But um, it was an amazing experience, and I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. There were a couple things I'd do different, maybe go to bed earlier and not watch some of the other games that were in other pools. But we were in Omaha. I'm not going to change how we did anything. Hmm. What about just from your perspective being in Omaha? Oh, it was – I mean, it was oh. – Epic. I mean, just the the community and, you, you know, every team had a, like a sponsor. Ours was, I think, the optometrist. And they, it was just so first class. And they, they did such a great job of making it such a wonderful experience for the student athletes. Um, I do remember, I do remember what was really cool were, were the police escorts when we'd leave the hotel and leave the stadium. And uh, I think, I think even, Coach Strick had mentioned to me, he's like, "Hey, how many of uh, how many of our guys have had uh, the police uh, in front of them and not behind them?" You think? <laughs> and I also remember one of the funny stories, and these guys will remember this. Um, when we had our practice at TD Ameritrade, there were a lot of fans that were there watching, and I remember Joe Coke. Love Joe Coke. When we showed up, they gave us two of the Rawlings, the big Rawlings buckets of brand new baseballs. Okay. So during BP, the kids are yelling, Hey, give me a ball, give me a ball. And I swear Joe Coke threw like 55 balls into the stands. And I thought coach was going to strangle him before, <laughs> before we had the dinner that night, because, you know, those were our practice balls for the entire time we were there. And, uh, yeah, we got down to business when we got there. We had coach had the number game. of uh, <laughs> the number of balls that Joe threw into the stands. I think I saw the same number of balls going to TJ's bags. <laughs> we got a lot of donors, Alex. People that give to our program. They needed they needed souvenirs <laughs> when we got back to town. That's right. That's right. <laughs> oh. Well, again, I'll, I'll leave it to you guys, and I'll start with Alex. Is there any kind of story from Omaha or something that you? want to throw out to anyone or or just kind of leave it up to take take us into maybe each of you has to have some kind of funny story or something to bring up from either Oregon or or Omaha that that you would want to share during that time I got a good one for you so um you know I've mentioned a few times I was a freshman that year so freshmen don't always have it the easiest on any team right they're just kind of you know they get picked on a little bit and you know they got to make sure that uh they know that they're still at the bottom of the totem pole, but that their, you know, contributions are still appreciated. Um, but early game one of regionals, um, obviously, was just a wild game going 21 innings. And, um, you know, I was fortunate enough to come up with a big hit at that end of the game uh, to pull us out in that 21 inning game and uh, get that game winning RBI. So I'm obviously riding high. I think uh, Stan Verrett said my name on Sports Center, and I got to to be on TV for that. And someone caught video of it and at the end of the game. And it was a, it was a super special moment for me. It was the biggest hit of my life. Um, and I'm kind of riding high and I'm getting text messages from friends from high school and everything like that. And all of a sudden I get a, uh, I get a text from, I think it was, it might've been David. It was, just, it was one of the seniors. And they told me I needed to go down to a certain room with my jersey on, my uniform on, because someone wanted to talk to me from, uh, you know, local news station or something. And so I'm like, oh, wow. You know, and my roommate, Tim Fay was also a freshman. <laughs> he wasn't in on it, I don't believe. If he does, I'm never going to talk to him again. But, uh, so I go down and I, uh, I got my uniform on, and I'm a little skeptical, slightly skeptical. So I, I'm holding my jersey in my hand, but I've got our, my pants on, and we wore our throwback rays that game, so they're big. <laughs> jerseys and I'm walking down the hall I go down the stairs I knock on the door that they tell me to go to and coach D walks opens the door in his PJs looks at me 
And he says, Alex, go back to your room. <laughs> and I peek down the hallway and I see about 10 guys sticking their heads around the corner and start running away. And I just immediately, you know, did the whole face palm, like they got me. Um, so that was a, uh, that was a fun conversation at breakfast the next morning. But, uh, you know, that's just the typical stuff, you know, you can get high, you can get low in the game of baseball, but, uh, you know, on that type of team, like they do a good job kind of keeping you on that even keel, um, and having a good time with it. So I, I was probably a little bit upset at the time when I, they're picking on me a little bit, but, you know, looking back on it, it's just, it's another one of those stories from that special team and that special bond we all had. And, um, you know, sometimes you got to be the butt end of the joke, but uh, it was, uh, that was a funny one. I think David, I still think it was David Lyon and David Starn that choreographed that one. But. Believe it or not, my freshman year, a fifth year senior named Greg Rowan actually got me to put on my pants jersey and roll my bag down the hallway to coach's office, coach's room, sorry. And I didn't knock on the door. But Rowan called me. He's like, yeah, hey, come in. I'm in, I'm in the back. I'm in the back. And I'm like, oh, I, I hate you. I absolutely. And obviously, I was the brunt of the joke. But four years down the road, I got to pass it on a little bit to an un, unknowing freshman. Of course you did. What, what kind of story you got for us? Um, just overall, I know we joke a little bit about, you know, our experience there and, and you know, a lot of people not thinking we deserve to be there. And, and not just because he's on this call, but because in the past few weeks, Coach Birkbeck, you know, thank you, because he's really done a great job of putting us all back in 2012, sending out all the, all the game tape that we hadn't seen. Like Alex said, I know, um, you know, in our regional, it was on Big Ten Network. So when we played Kentucky, an SEC team, they didn't really have that game on film, just a couple highlights that got sent. But we got to see all of our games from Oregon you know, game one, two, and three, and he's still in the process of sending out as the dates come up um, all of the games in Omaha. And I, and I think, you know, like I said, we joke about it, but we did all the little things right. If you watch those games in detail and you watch every pitch, we did everything right. And I, I don't know the exact moment. I think it was game one, top five, two out, Nick Hamilton's up. He just fouled a ball off. Paul LaDuca said, Kent State does all the little things right. And if you think back, the relay play in the 21 inning game and a little bit of backtrack there. That game was awesome for me because as an athlete, you're supposed to be good at running. I'm terrible at running. So anytime I hit a double past the seventh inning, I got pinch ran for. So I got to watch 11 innings of that game from the sideline and I knew I couldn't go back in the game. That game was unbelievable, but I got to see some of the best baseball I've ever seen from up close. So the relay play, I think we had one or two relay plays from the wall, four guy tandem all the way home to throw a guy out. Um, every play that we made in Oregon, you know, another relay play there that Jimmy threw a guy out at home. David Lyon threw every runner out, picked off every runner that took a step further than he needed to. Alex Miklos, huge hit. Guy maybe misjudged the ball, triple, doesn't matter. We're up, we win game one. I mean, everything that happened in every double play we turned in Omaha. I know I, that Arkansas game, there weren't many highlights other than Jimmy Ryder's home run, but I think we turned like six double plays. We made every play. We deserve to be there. And that's how I'll always remember it. That 2012 team was unbelievable. I was happy to be a part of it, and we deserve to be there. David, what what sticks out to you? What's something that top of mind? Funny, funny story, behind the scenes thing, or really anything you want to share? I think it's the little things that no one notices, especially when Coach Birkbeck has sent out these games. I've been noticing like very. I didn't really remember, but I noticed. And I've been taking little screenshots or GIFs of them. And there's a couple of Strick saying some choice words that I have. And there's a couple where I went out to the mound. Like after every time the pitcher covers and gets over to cover first, I go out and, you know, hey, you okay? Do you need to run more sprints? You know, whatever. But with Ryan Boris, we had a, a close relationship. And I would always say something a little bit, not suitable for TV, we'll say. And during a couple of the broadcasts, no one can see what I say, but in one of the broadcasts, you can clearly see Boars saying F you to me blatantly on live TV. And I, I, took a, I took a gif of that and I was like, hey, 
or I can't read, really read your lips. Like what, what's going on here? What'd you say? And he's like, Oh yeah, that, that was after you came out and asked me if I had toilet paper after I flinched on a line drive up the middle. And I was like, yeah, that, that sounds about right. But just little things like that, reliving, reliving that, that run are just really, really enjoyable for me. We'll say. <laughs> I've loved, I mean, I'm on those emails too, uh, with coach Workbeck sending me those videos and they're, they're awesome. They're they're a great reminder of of what went on, um, for sure. And it's awesome that you're doing that in a time where we don't have anything to watch and um, we're kind of all sitting back waiting for that next thing. Uh, Coach, do you do you have a story that you remember from that time that you would want to share? <laughs> I remember in the Florida game. If I remember correctly, it's five to two, going to the bottom of the ninth. And we proceed to throw 11 straight balls to start the ninth inning. And, and Coach Strick looks at me and he goes, do we need to make a mound visit? I'm like, who's we? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm not going out there. And then uh, we made a couple pitching changes um, and brought in Josh Pierce. And, uh, and David might remember this. And we were in sort of the same situation. We just, we, we were having a hard time getting the ball in the strike zone. And I made a mound visit to Josh and I, and David was there. And I said, Josh, you do realize if you throw three strikes this inning, we're going to win. <laughs> if you just throw three strikes this inning, we're going to win. So I was walking back to the dug and I got to the top step and coach or coach Strick goes, how is he? I said, he's not breathing. <laughs> and, and, uh, you know, fortunately he made enough pitches that, uh, put a, put a lock on that game. And I, I got a question for TJ real quick. TJ, all hell's breaking loose in that Florida game in the ninth inning, two outs, bases loaded, one run game and a dude, absolutely barrels a ball to right field in the 10 seconds that ball was in the air what was going through your mind get behind it and catch it with two hands <laughs> <laughs> and the more I watch the video I feel like hindsight's 2020 I was never going to drop that ball but you watch it and I gasp every time I don't know why I just do <laughs> I just do <laughs> Yeah, because the entire Flash Nation was riding that, and that ball ended up in your glove and then your back pocket. Yeah, it did. It was just that was just in case we, I don't know. That was just in, so it didn't fall out, so I could get it to you. <laughs> guys, one one last thing I kind of want to throw out here is uh, again we talk about you guys doing the un, unthinkable, something that uh, hadn't been done, um, and. You know, I think a lot of Mac guys coming into the conference now, they look to you guys, to your team, like, hey, why not us? Why can't we be the next one? So uh, I think that you guys kind of, you know, paved the way. And, and I know it's, you know, it's a it's a northern team, and we all know maybe the odds are stacked, but you, you guys went against those odds and, and proved people wrong. But what, what would I want to hear from each of you guys? What would your message be to current, student athletes in our conference um you know I, you talk about I, this has been great listening to all the little things and I mean you're preaching all the stuff that you hear all the time but what what would your message be um we'll we'll start with TJ uh then Alex then David then coach uh, what would your message be to the current class and, and future classes of MAC baseball student athletes well for me I was never going to go anywhere else uh, Kent was where I always wanted to be since I was a little kid, you know, Coach Birkbeck being up there and me playing with John, that's just where I always wanted to be. That was the big leagues for me. But as far as, you know, the way social media is now and, and how kids want to commit early and, and put that information out there and, and just have a place to call home rather than, you know, just work their tail off and get somewhere for the opportunity, don't be afraid of the little school. Don't, because we were a group of young guys. We had freshmen and sophomores all over that field along with a strong core group of juniors and seniors. But had we not gotten that experience early in those first two years, 
I don't, you know, and same with David Lyon. He start, he was catching as a freshman, David Starn pitching as a freshman, and those guys were the starters that year. So don't be afraid to go to a school that may not be in the Power Five conference, which Power Five really only means a lot for basketball and, and football in my mind because of what we did. There, there's opportunity everywhere. Win the MAC, and, and a lot of good things can happen. Play great baseball, and you can you can move on. You know, it's interesting you say that because I've been doing during the quarantine and everything that's going on uh, a lot of calls. Um, and interviews with former student athletes. I've talked to you know, Eric Lauer. I've, we've talked to Travis Shaw. We've talked to uh, Keegan Aiken, who was with Western Michigan. And the stuff and, – and current players, uh, Cam Brown, who's a pitcher for Central Michigan currently. And the thing you just said, TJ, comes up in every single interview of you go to a Mac school to, to develop, and that ultimately is what it's all about because you get that chance to play a lot quicker – than when you're playing with the big boys, right? Yeah, a lot of big leaguers from the yeah. Mac right now. Oh wow. yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And and it's it's great that that's a consistent message from everyone I've talked to that you play right away in the Mac and you get that that firsthand experience as a as a freshman right away because it's it's you're not like really buying your time and it's really cool to just once again hear that from someone else. Uh, repeating that message over again because I, I mean I believe in it too you see it every year and in fact I talked to Brian Bullington today he he was inducted in our hall of fame he's a uh, first pick overall pick in the in the draft and he said the same message too and he went to Ball State because of the same thing so um, I just wanted to jump in there because I think it's really cool that I keep hearing that and it's and it's so true um, Alex let's go to you for kind of what you would say to the current crop of Mac baseball stars yeah for sure and this is I mean I found myself in a pretty interesting situation or interesting circumstance now that I am coaching and coaching at the collegiate level in a somewhat similar program a small mid-major program um but it's you know it's the opportunity in baseball is always going to be there um you know, I, I'm I'm a firm believer that the better team on paper wins six out of ten times maybe um but the biggest thing is just you know being you know, be aware of, you know, where you want to end up and be unapologetic to, you know, what those goals are, you know, and you don't need to qualify those. And I know when we talk about this, we're very aware of the situation that we were in as a team and that we were an underdog, um, you know, going to Omaha, but inside that locker room and inside that practice, we never felt like we were underdogs. You know, we were always focused on, the minutia, you know, doing the little things right. And that starts from the top down all the way to the bottom. Um, and that's the biggest thing with these teams and, um, you know, the guys who get the headlines and everything like that, but there's no role too small on a team. And there were a lot of guys on that team who maybe aren't heralded as doing big things. And, you know, even myself as a freshman that year, I didn't feel like I contributed that much to a lot of what we did, but I felt like I did enough to try to, you know, and that was the thing I was just trying to do what I could to help us, you know, to not mess it up or help us get to that next spot. But just, yeah, there's no role too small. Um, there's no goal too big. And you don't have to apologize for having those big goals. Um, you know, you just got to do the little things right and get hot at the right time. Cool. David? I'll just say that you have to believe that you can make it there. You can't just be wishful thinking. You have to genuinely believe it. And I like to attribute a lot of that to actually my sophomore year. One of our leaders, his name was Anthony Gallus from Strongsville. Hit 300, 15, 10 homers every single year. And our team was up and down that year on my sophomore year. And we ended up winning the, the tournament and we went to UCLA. And I remember when we were getting ready to play UCLA, he was like, hey, guys, like we have the potential, we have the – we have the athletes to go out there and win a couple games and make some noise in this region. We just have to believe it. And obviously it didn't work out. We faced Garrett Cole and made us, you know, look pretty silly. I'm pretty sure he laughed at me when he struck me out, but you know, that's beside the point. But I just want to, I think that having that core and then believing more the next year and we ended up going farther. And then finally the senior year, we, truly believe from day one we, we beat georgia tech day one hey guys we're here we're ready we can do this lo and behold five months later four months later we were going to to omaha but 
that belief was there day one of our senior year and we never let it go. Yeah. And coach, you, you've been around a long time. You've seen a lot of great teams. You've seen a lot of great players, not just Kent State players, but you've seen a lot of great players in the conference. And, uh, you know, what's your take on just, you know, Mac baseball and these guys prove and, and the staff prove that you can make it there, but that this conference, um, you know, you, you, can, you can do some big things. And, and just I want to hear your take on it as well. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this conference, I've been fortunate and blessed to be in here for 20, going on 25 years now. And uh, the one thing that has always impressed me, and it's something that, that um, you've been talking about and these guys here have been talking about, um, it's a developmental league, a conference. Um, there's tremendous coaches. I mean, there are teachers in this league that have passion about baseball. And I know our foundation from way back when coach Rem was my, my first head coach, do the ordinary things extraordinarily, you know, dominate the basic things, um, trust the process and just be where your feet are. Don't, you know, just stay in the moment. And that's what this team right here, that 2000 team, 2012 team, maybe not the, they may not have been as talented as the 2011 team, but it quite possibly was the best group of baseball players that I've been around. They did all the little things extraordinarily. We're not talking tonight if we don't execute that. I don't even know how many relays it was. Evan Campbell to Jimmy Ryder to David Lyon to, to throw out A.J. Reed at home plate by four or five steps. We're not having this conversation. That's just a little fundamental. But that's what this league is based on, is taking the, 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 the raw talent, molding it, teaching it, and then letting, it, let, letting all those guys go out and express themselves as baseball players. And it's been that way for – I started being around the program in 1990 when Coach Hall was there. And it's always been that way. And it's, I'm just really proud to be a part of this conference, to have been a part of it, and to have, you know, some really great associations with some tremendous human beings that I've, that I've personally come into contact through baseball. Awesome. It's awesome to – I mean, I could do this for several more hours, I feel like. Um, and, and it's great to not only relive uh, – I mean, we didn't even get into probably stuff that – you guys we could all talk about I mean it's it's cool it's cool to hear all this and and I know it's eight years but it feels like it was just yesterday and uh to hear you guys talk about it, it's it's great and I'm glad we could line this up um coach I, I look forward to seeing that clip of the Florida game or the game I should say uh in a couple of days here or whenever you're sending that out uh, it'll be in your it'll, it'll be in your email 505 tomorrow yeah <laughs> all right it's good that's good. And uh, what is there another question you had? Alex, do you have something before I wrap this up? Just a simple yes or no question before we go. Did Evan home run, did Evan Campbell's home run in game three of the or game four of the regional game three of the regional clear the fence? Wait, hold on. Alex, <laughs> who is your favorite non-pitching coach, non-head coach, human being in baseball in the world? Say it. It's my question. Scott Daly Scott is Daly. the answer to that question. <laughs> and he has stood by the fact. And my dad, another good guy. I mean, I love my dad. I don't know how you feel about him. He was hey, in guys. right field. The ball didn't go out. They called home run. Biggest hit ever. It is a home run in the book. Ball didn't Simple go out. Yes or no question. Simple no. No. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love you, Evan Campbell. You barreled that thing up. It didn't go out. <laughs> you should have hit a line or the left like Strick told you. <laughs> Worked for Travis Shaw. He's in the big leagues. I think, you know, with this being eight years and us trying to get some programming, I think that definitely we need to get a uh, – in two years from now, we need to definitely get something on the books get more guys involved uh we'll have to get coach strick out of athens for a night you know and get him on here and um 
I don't know. I, I love hearing this stuff, and I'd love to hear from more guys. I think it, it'd be really cool. Yeah, Coach. One thing. David Lyon, I, I don't know who put that note on the back of the locker room door that year. Okay. Your locker room door. What we were talking about at the mid of mid-season of 2012. Mm-hmm. But I still have it in my locker, and I look at it once a week. I'll take a picture of it and send it to you, my friend. I would love that. I would love that. <laughs> well, if, if I'm ever allowed back on campus. <laughs> True. I've still got it, baby. This is great. Well, guys, uh, I want to thank you again for joining us today. Um, this, this will be out by uh, – well, well, we'll have it out tomorrow, actually. And uh, I'm sure a lot of Kent State fans and hopefully Mac baseball fans will will listen. And, you know, hopefully the current players, that's why I asked the last question, hopefully they get a little motivation from it. And I know that right now it, it was a tough spring um, without baseball, without a lot of things. There's some more important things going on in the world uh, right now. But hopefully, you know, we, we bounce back and, and – uh, Hopefully these major leaguers can get, you know, things together so we can watch some baseball pretty soon here. Um, but, you know, it, it was really a joy to hear from you guys. I'm glad we get to get it done. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll definitely revisit this and be telling this story, not just eight years, but, I mean, 20 years and beyond. You guys have this for the rest of your lives. And it, it's really cool for you guys to, to reflect on it. So, again, uh, Butch Birkbeck, David Lyon, Alex Miklos, TJ Sutton, want to thank you and uh, bite down, go flashes, and uh, get some action. <laughs> Thanks, Jeremy. Yes. Thanks, Jeremy. Thanks, Eric. Thanks, Jeremy. Good seeing you guys. Love you. Good talking to you, Coach. Love you, Please. too. See you, boys.